TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 539, and I am Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Tom, and I chair communication at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hey, this is Peter. I write for whysoblue.com, and I live in Hollywood. All right. Thanks, guys, for showing up. We have a small group this time, so maybe we'll fly through all the shows. But let's start off with the news. First up, I have the SWAT has been renewed for season six. Better Call Saul has confirmed the return of Jesse and Walt for the final season. Um, Jessica, cameos. Well, I don't know. They just said they've returned. That's all they said. I read cameos. Uh, Jessica Alba is to star in um, Confessions on 745, which is looks like it's a train. Uh, and it's going to be showrun by the woman who just did Encanto. Uh, so that's the news that I have, but I'm sure Tom has more. I have a lot. Uh, Amazon has picked up with love for season two. Maya Erskine has been cast opposite Donald Glover in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the television adaptation of the hit movie. And Whoopi Goldberg will play the bird woman in Anansi Boys, Neil Gaiman's new series. AMC has ordered Orphan Black Echoes, a sequel series to the popular BBC America show. And Samantha Morton will return as Alpha in Tales of the Walking Dead. Lots of news from Apple TV+. Plus. Severance Season 2. Yay! Jason Momoa will star and write and executive produce a Hawaiian history drama series called Chief of War. Numi Rapace and Jonathan Banks will star in the thriller series Constellation. They've ordered a Huey Newton limited series with Andre Holland in talks to star and Don Cheadle to direct. Jessica Williams joins Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford in the comedy series Shrinking. And Tom, Tom Hiddleston will star in the limited series The White Darkness from pachinko writer Sue Hugh. Uh, CW's doing it backwards with spinoffs. Kiernan Shipka is coming back to Riverdale as Sabrina. So they did a spinoff without having the character on the parent show. And now that the spinoff's canceled, <laughs> the character is going to be on the parent show. Crazy kids. Uh, Disney Plus announced that Dancing with the Stars is moving from ABC to the streamer in the fall. Fox picked up Cleaning Lady for season two. FX picked up Snowfall for its sixth and final season. HBO picked up Winning Time for season two. Hacks season two will add Susie Essman and Devin Sawa. Wes Duchovny will star in Hulu's upcoming Saint X drama series. Netflix announced that Lock and Key will end with the upcoming season three. Rob Lowe and his son John Owen Lowe will team for the comedy Unstable from Victor Fresco, who also brought us the Santa Clarita Diet. On First Contact Day last Tuesday, Paramount Plus announced that Picard Season 3 will feature the core Star Trek The Next Generation cast. Uh, Sony Pictures Television is adapting The Warlord Chronicles, which is the first series from Bad Wolf, uh, which will also be producing Doctor Who for the BBC. And that's it. Did you mention that The Rookie is doing a backdoor pilot? Uh, no, but it stars DC Nash and looks kind of interesting. Two Wait, what? I guess those, those episodes are coming up pretty soon. Wait, yeah, there's, there's two episodes coming up on The Rookie, which will serve as a backdoor pilot for a spinoff. What, what, what is it going to be? What's the spinoff? DC Nash is being introduced as a character. That, yeah, that's all I know. Yeah. Huh. All right, so let's start off with the shows. Uh, first up, we're going to talk Tokyo Vice, and I've only seen the pilot. And I enjoyed it, even though my main issue with it is the kind of the whitewashing of uh, Japanese culture, so we have to see it through this guy's eyes. But I will say it was effective. The way that they did it is they have him be already fluent in the language, but customs are the things that trip him up. So he'll say something that he that feels normal, 
but he doesn't understand the underlying culture of Japan. And that's really like, I think he greeted his boss like too familiar and he didn't realize it. He thought that he was giving her, uh, you know, the right, just, you know, the right label, but he had never had a boss in Japan before. So he didn't know that you can't do that. And she was like, just cause you're, you're a foreigner doesn't mean you get to take liberties. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like he didn't, he was like, so I, I appreciate that about the show. To, to be fair. And it's funny that two of the shows that we talk about take place in Japan around the same time where I lived there when I was, when I was in the Navy. Um, it was very, that's something that a lot of Anglos did in Japan was teach English. So, and having a mastery of the language does not mean you have a mastery of the customs. Correct, right. Plus, they're a very chauvinistic society. Right. So she's already kind of, because she's a woman. Right. In a, in a male-dominated field, she's already already feeling a lot of pressure. I, um, you know, I'm not a fan of him as an actor. It's just. I think he was better. I think he's better here than he was in The Sound of Music. I did not like him in The Sound of Music West at all. Story. What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> he's too young to be Captain Van Trapp. Okay, sorry. Yes. <laughs> West Side Story. I didn't like him in West Side Story at all. Uh, and here, I actually didn't mind him. I didn't think he was great, but he didn't rub me the wrong way, which is what I was afraid was going to happen. I was afraid he was going to rub me the wrong way. So he's not in it in the pilot at all. He's not. I know. So it's like I'm I'm interested to watch more just to see him because I'm a big fan of his. I'm a big fan of his, too, which is why I turned it on. And so the whole first episode, he's not in it at all. And I was like, they what the totally heck? baited and switched us. Yes. Uh, but like I said, I liked him taking the test and doing the exam. Like they, that had a lot of, te- I love the editing in this episode because oh, yeah. It's, that, it's, it, yeah, that scene was so well done with all the tension. It was great. Very well produced. One thing I will also say before I tag in Peter, um, you do not talk about the Yakuza in a public space that they got that right. You just don't. I mean, a purely private conversation in your own place, but don't talk about that. They got that totally right. Well, and the other thing is he was like, I wanted, like, he wrote up the article about the murder. They were like, murder? Who told you it was a murder? He was like, the dude had a sword through him. It's like, did the police say it was a murder? And he was like, uh. And then he goes to the police and he goes, first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. It was like, first rule of Japan is there are no murders in Japan. And he was like, what? (laughs) <laughs> so actually, did, I gotta say, you guys are kind of selling me on this. Like, I, 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 like, I did I like love, it. I, I don't like love it. that actor either. But what you're saying, I was like, oh, that actually sounds kind of interesting. Like, it, it was, and, and I'm probably gonna keep watching. And Mike Michael Mann uh, directed the pilot, and he's oh, yeah. the executive producer. Oh, okay. Yeah. The dude knows how, the dude knows how to shoot a crime drama. Yeah, and. Pet so is it? Does it feel like it. is it one case for the whole season? Is that what it's going to be? Uh, I don't know. No, it's based on a memoir, so it is fact based. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I don't. I don't because there are two murder. Well, a murder suicide in the pilot, but you get the feeling they're connected. And oh that, yeah. Yeah. So, but he's not allowed to investigate them together because someone did the police say they were connected, and he's like well no i investigated and they're like oh it's therefore it's not connected and i was like what the like just how their society works is so different than america which is why he's so confounded like he was so focused on getting this job that he really didn't think about how different it was going to be and how strict they are like they are hardcore strict like if they tell you don't do something they mean it like you know so it's it's really interesting like from that perspective i am enjoying that even though i was like why do we have to have this guy but they really treat him pretty pretty badly they call him gaijin nobody calls him by his name Gaijin has connotations. It's not just foreigner. It also has connotations of barbarian slash infidel. Yeah, I know. So it's an insult. And they call him that all the time at work. 
which is like, oh, yeah. holy crap, where's HR, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is the 90s. People didn't care about stuff like that. Yeah. Um, no, that's it. All right. So I'm giving it a thumbs up, actually. I mean, I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, but I did enjoy it. And it's got uh, it's got good pedigree behind the camera as well. Uh, Ralph Wiener from the X-Men movies, as well as uh, Dan- Destin Daniel Cretton, who directed Shang-Chi, are also executive producers. So. All right. So uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, The Rookie. And Peter, uh, how have you been feeling about The Rookie so far this season? I've liked it, but I am so sorry because it was a week ago. Ah, oh, I don't remember. Can you remind me what happened? I liked it. <laughs> I feel uh, like it I was like, the I episode like the, where they're stuck in the hospital. Oh, wait. Is this the one with the hospital? I just said that. Yes, this is the episode where oh, they're sorry, stuck in the hospital. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. Um, I think my overall feeling was I thought it was a it was a good premise. Um, I liked the big heart-to-heart with – literally, is it a heart? Is that what Yeah, it, yeah the they're doing a heart transplant, right. Um, between the older woman – And the young girl. Basically, you know – taken over the hospital and then the the teenage girl who was supposed to get the heart i thought all that stuff was pretty good what i didn't care for which is really just the end of the episode is that once the husband gives in and is like you know what my wife doesn't want this of course it should go to the little girl then suddenly they're like oh my god i've been locked out it's actually these other people that are these hackers that want money like yeah. yeah and i was like what it it just it felt like a weird like wait why are we dovetailing to this in the last five minutes of the episode like i I feel uh, like they just didn't want the whole episode to be in the hospital because all the storylines were happening in the hospital because it was like well no the one with chin yeah chin was at the da but it was all inside buildings and there was no shoot em up or nobody drew a gun and i feel like they needed they were like well somebody should draw a gun and like i feel like that was a note that they were given like, well, this episode's so quiet, somebody should draw a gun at some point. So they threw that little bit at the very, very end. And no, it got I, resolved I, I so fast, it felt like a waste of time. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think you're right. Um, and then in the Chen uh, story, um, yeah, I thought hers hers was solid. The only thing that threw me off was that I kept thinking there was going to be, like, a shooting or, like, because you're right, because it is the rookie. So she's at the office and her roommate, the younger girl, meets this young intern guy. I was convinced he was, like, a bad guy. I was like, oh, my. Because she's like, oh, how long have you worked here? He's like, oh, I'm just an intern. I was like, oh, he's a bad guy. He's <laughs> bad guy. Like, uh, but he's not. Like, that's not he's what He's just the, the, the new love, young love interest. But what, it, right. what I liked about it is it really dealt with kind of PTS and uh ptsd and and trauma like she had convinced herself that she was fine that after this crazy experience when she got buried alive that now that it's been a couple of years she's totally over it and she's totally fine and watching the video just threw her back in the middle of that and she realized she wasn't fine and she could not like there, she, what was she trying to prove? Like by doing, they didn't need her. Everybody kept telling her, "We don't need your testimony," and she was like, I, "I'm strong. I can prove this." And then she was like, "You know what? I don't need to prove anything. I survived." And I thought that was good. I thought that was a really I good agree. lesson for that episode. And uh, oh my god, when her, for, you know, when you thought about the intern being evil, when Chen's boyfriend started humming the song, I was like, "Oh my god, is he evil?" <laughs> oh, yeah. it was kind of weird too. It, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. no, but they let you. It was just because he had watched the video, right? And uh, and I I liked that because I had like this moment, like, wait, how could he be involved? Like, I was trying to figure that out, and I was like, oh, he just watched the video, okay. But yeah, that was good. And then um, the uh, N- N- Nolan's boss, like her pregnancy, there's something weird or what, and we never even got the answer to that because all the computers were down. So they never came with to her, with her test results. So, uh, oh, that's right. And then that woman had the whole thing with the kid who was kidnapped. Right. Basically raised by people that he thought was his parents. Correct. Right. So that uh, was, that was cool, but yeah, you that, know. Was good. I, that, that was compelling. Yeah. The like, whole episode was great, was great except for the very end. 
Yeah, except for the very end, I thought it was a, a pretty solid rookie episode. Yep. yep. All right, so thumbs up. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Halo, and this was episode three of Halo. And Tom, I'm going to let you get started since your text was uh, all about the craziness of the episode. Those giant earthworm things were nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine playing a video game where you got to kill them. Yeah, hard pass. Uh, <laughs> here's my issue with Halo. It just feels disjointed because the plot lines don't seem to be connected to each other. And then we just bounce, you know, obviously Master Chief is the primary character, but, you know, it just seems kind of like this is happening over here and this is happening over well, here. Well, I, I actually <laughs> think the only one that's disjointed is the girl on that asteroid. Her storyline, her trying to get independence for her homeworld is not connected to the master chief however yeah. the alien girl is absolutely connected to the master chief because she's trying to find him in the artifact right, right. and the so, relic right yeah, yeah. the relic that, so those two storylines are absolutely connected but i agree with you i don't understand they're, what's they're not they're not balancing them well and they're not providing good transitions from one thing to another like i could see even that though, even, even though on, on a standard network drama when you have different subplots, you usually want to, it, it's kind of like editing. You want to cut, you want a scene to, we're talking about the relic over here, cut to Master Chief talking about the relic or something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Helter Skelter. Um, boy, <laughs> I'm surprised how much they show uh, Witchamajigger with his helmet off. Um, oh, yeah. I oh, yeah. Like, that's the show. Name, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, former, por- Former porn stash from uh, Orange is the I New almost Black. called him Pedro Pascal, and I was like, oh, wrong show. Wrong show. <laughs> um, <laughs> wrong wrong brother. Uh, yeah. Anyway, continue. Uh, Shri- Pablo Schreiber. No, but uh, the thing with his... Is any of this backstory from the games at all? Some of it, yes. Uh, the whole Halsey thing, the... Um... Uh, Cortana is supposed to be a part of him. Me and Peter got into a heated discussion about Cortana... <laughs> uh, because Cortana's in the first game, like she's already incorporated in, like I mean... in in Master Chief, so she's there from day one. So this backstory of how Cortana, Isn't this a prequel? huh? Isn't this kind of a prequel to the game? Well, the first few episodes, yeah, definitely are a prequel because, like I said, in day one you already have Cortana. So learning how Cortana is created, how she gets incorporated into the Master Chief, and why, and all of this stuff was uh new well not new new but we never got to see it so yeah i thought you know that worked but uh peter you haven't talked yet what did you think i liked it um i really liked the stuff with i was anxious to see the master chief and cortana start to have their their contentious kind of relationship i i thought that was like i honestly thought that should have been the whole episode um yeah i just like them getting to know each other although i will say I do like Mackie. I like seeing, I mean, basically once we see that she's on this planet with, you know, she's a, she's a kid and her best friend gets killed and humans are terrible. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, of course she's going to hate humans. Like, so I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, like, and she's basically, she's the one with the only real action scene, which is with those worm-like... Well, when she takes out all those Marines? Yeah. Right. The, 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 I, I had to look it up because they reminded me of the Flood. Yeah, the, the flood, flood are in the first couple of games, right? That are sort of like the worms, but they're not. And I looked it up, and those were actually in Halo 3, the worm-like things. What it is is, if you look, there's an early shot where she's on the ship, right, asking for help so that the the UNSC will come and there's like in the foreground, it, what it looks like is a covenant, like maybe like a leg and a torso and inside is the worms. So in halo three, yes, those are covenant where it looks like a regular, like soldier. Oh, and then you shoot them and they kind of explode into the worms. They explode into the worms. So I remember that. Okay, cool. So it's like, okay. Um, I know. I agree with you. My only criticism I agree with Tom is the notion of how how much all this ties together. I agree. And then the other thing is while I understand Quan's need to get back to Madrigal, 
and help her people that I know of, she has no skills. So when Bokeem is like, when Soren, Soren is the actor, sorry, when Soren is like, you know, what are you going to do? And she's like, I just need to get there. I need to get to my people. I'm kind of like, why doesn't he just say, you have no military training, you don't necessarily know strategy, so what are you offering? Beyond, I guess, the fact that her father was What's kind general? of yeah. So that's my only thing. I was like, it, I understand she's a teenager, so it's, it makes sense that she's naive. She just feels she needs to do it. But I feel like someone needs to have a real talk with her and be. But it's it's like instead at the end they're like, and we're going there. And I was like, okay, like. So I thought that was a little head scratcher for me. But I did like what he told her. One way or another, I'm getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> I also liked. I liked when she's like. You know, I'm gonna go, and you can't stop me. He's like, I could shoot you. That would stop you. <laughs> like, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, but overall, I'm 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 still liking the show. I like. I, I want to see more of Master Chief Cortana. Um, and I and I'm and my the, the the newest the two newest things is Quan that I know of. She's not in the, the game. She's not in the at game all. at all, right? And Mackie, the human with the covenant, is not in the games. And I like that actress. Like. She's she's one of those actresses who I have not seen raised by wolves except for the pilot, where it's like you hire these specific actors who basically kind of do a lot of acting by themselves. And I think she's doing a good job, like with that. She's so, she's sufficiently well, scary, yeah. Yeah, she's creepy. All right, let's move on. Thumbs up for Halo overall. Yeah. Uh next up we're gonna talk slow horses. And we'll talk the end of episode two because last time you'd only seen like half of episode two. Yeah, and I was like, like, oh my God, dude, can you believe what happened? And you were like, uh, I didn't get to the end. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so now do you understand why I was freaking out? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so okay. the thing is this, this group of MI5 agents are supposed to be the lamest, the worst. They're not competent. They're the ones, they're the ones who got... Basically got fired from MI5 without being fired, right? Without being fired, but, like and, and so this guy is trying to prove how confident he is. And the first mission that he goes rogue on, he gets his partner shot in the head. Like what? Well, the... They're not partners. She was tailing him for right. MI5. Well, I mean, they were working as part when they went into that building. He's like, yeah. "You take the front, I take the back." They were working as partners, and I was like. How, how are you going to explain you got your partner shot in the head, dude? Like, <laughs> holy crap. Of course, how are you going to explain why MI5 has a mole in Slough House? Well, yes. And then the other idiots who are, are, are getting a drink go back to the office to make out, and they accidentally kill somebody else. And I was like, well, what is going on? Down the stairs. I, like <laughs> I said, accidentally. I did say I, I accidentally. Love, I love Gary Oldman's line. It's like, I wasn't trying to kill him. Of course not. If you were, he would still be alive. <laughs> <laughs> they are, yeah, they're just so, just like, that's two dead people in two episodes. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap. And what I was laughing about is Ho, who is the uh, well, computer... The partner's not dead. Huh? The partner's not dead. I know she's not dead, but she's going to be gone for... She's got a freaking bullet in her head. She's not coming back anytime soon. So, uh, <laughs> <Not> but... <better. laughs> well, what's what's hilarious to me is Ho, who is the computer guy who thinks he knows everything, is going to come into work the next day and be like, what the... <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then they do the raid and, and they were right. Her, her agent got blown. Her agent totally like they're, they like, uh, what's uh, Gary Oldman makes the deal with the head of, right. of MI5 and they're like, that okay, happens. you knock on the door, let my agent know, blah, blah, blah. And what happens? They get there and his head is sitting on the table. And I was yep. like, Ugh, yeah, you're blown. Well, that that you knew that thing was ugly because, you know, the guy, the way the guy was handling the axe and, uh, yeah, whew. you knew that was gonna go bad. I was like, wow, and at least that's not their screw up. They didn't screw that this up. She bad. screwed that up, and he told yeah. her he was like, "What are you crazy?" He was like, "You set this dude up so you could rescue his son, or you got his son executed. Those are your two options, and that's that's insanity." That's bad odds. Yeah, bad, that, and that's just bad. Like, 
she i feel like she knows needs to go to slow house now like she yeah, yeah she she is tripping that was a bad plan and it was badly executed she didn't have a safety net nothing like it's crazy anyway um so yeah slow horse is fantastic i'm really liking the show this is i guess since severance is gone this is my new show on apple right now yeah. <laughs> uh, if you get the pachinko oh yeah that's true i guess i could watch that I think part of Pachinko is I know I got to read subtitles, so I have yeah. to be in the mood to be like, okay, reading subtitles now. Though, I mean, I did it with Tokyo Vice, but that's also why I only watched one episode of Tokyo Vice. You got to yeah. you gotta concentrate a little more. Um, next up, uh, we're going to talk uh, Moon Knight, and this episode was episode two, yep. and what I really liked about this episode was that we get a better idea of the difference between Steven and Mark. And I like that the bad guy, uh, God, what is the bad guy's name? Yeah. I like that. He sees an opportunity to turn Steven to his side instead of, you know, cause he, he figures it out that these are two different people. Like he finally is like, Oh, okay. So I'm gonna treat them like two different people, but they have access to the same information. And he gives him the whole culty sales pitch. Right. <laughs> and what I really like is Stephen's like, so what you're saying is that you're going to kill a bunch of innocent people before they do anything. And he's like, including children. And he's like, no, 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 we're going to make the world better. He's like, but you're going to kill children. Right. And he's like, well, and he's like, he's like, I'm not on board with child murder. Once you get to child murder, I'm kind of out. And I like that he stood up. He, he knew what kind of situation he was in. He knew these guys might kill him. And he stood his ground. And so I really like that Mike, that uh, Stephen, one, he found out more information about Mark and decided he didn't like Mark or trust Mark. So every time Mark is like, hand me over control, he's like, mm, I'm going to figure this out myself. And I thought that was interesting. And I loved his version of Moon Knight. He's like the guy in the suit. Guy in the suit. He makes himself wear Mr. like a three-piece suit. Mr. Knight. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, he was like, well, you said he wore a suit. And she's like, no. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about the wife, though. I I, I thought that was an interesting wrinkle, though. <laughs> oh, the fact that she, he, he has a wife? Yeah, and they were in the midst of a divorce. It's like, sign the papers, Mark. Yeah. And she, she doesn't realize that he's literally two people. Um, but I'm not sold on the actress. That's what I mean. I, I like the plot twist, but I don't feel anything. Like, she has a couple of scenes, and I don't believe that they're married or were married. Even though, technically, her scenes are all with Steven, so I guess that makes sense. But there's nothing, like, eh, it's just, there's some. I don't know. There's something... That I'm not buying about her, at least right now. Interesting when we finally get to see her with Mark, if we, if there's more spark. That's true. That that would be curious. The biggest takeaway from Orphan Black is when character when when the same actor is playing multiple characters, the interactions with other characters can be wildly different. Yes, I agree. Uh, and then I like at the end we end up in Egypt. I thought that was pretty cool. That was. Um, Evidently, they shot some of the Egypt stuff while they were while he was shooting Dune. <laughs> hey, <laughs> we got some sand. Why not grab some shots here and there? That's fantastic. That's a good idea, uh, Peter. What did you think? I I was okay with it. Um, I I like what you're saying. Okay. The only thing the only thing I would disagree with though is that I get a little tired of like. I like Steven more than Mark, of course. Well, um, I mean, we don't know Steven. How do you like Steven more than Mark? You mean we don't know Mark? That's what I meant. We don't know Mark at all. How do you like Mark more than Steven? Wait, am I confused? Wait, Who's our main character? Well, right now, it's Steven. 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 Yeah, pretty. Steven is likable, um, and Mark is more like the actual superhero guy. Right. Correct. But I guess my problem, and actually maybe maybe I should have reworded that because maybe you're right, which is that you're – okay, it sounded like you were saying like what you like about Steven is, you know, he's wise not to trust Ethan Hawke, you know, and 
he wants to figure stuff out on his own. But like when his body is in physical danger and Mark is like, let me take over. You need to trust me. Let me take over. And he really doesn't want to do it. I find that narratively kind of tiring where I'm like, we just basically need the character to get on board because. But why should you know, he? But, he's but, not but why? I, well, I, mean, I guess that I guess that just frustrates me. And I guess what I was saying about the liking Stephen more than Mark is that from the onset, Mark seems a little more cold and stuff mm-hmm. and, and Stephen. He's a mercenary. So, yeah, he right. he so seems he, like a so bad guy. But but my. Like, why well, would he get on board with a bad guy? More. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, but, but why would he get on board with a bad guy? I like the I fact that he figured out how to use the suit on his guy. own, you know? Wait, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about getting on board with Ethan Hawke. I'm talking about... No, no, no. I, no, I'm saying Mark. I'm saying Mark is a bad no, guy. I like, know Mark's a bad guy. But he, but as far as Stephen is concerned... As far as Stephen's concerned. Mark is a bad guy. From Stephen's point of view... Get him out of a situation and can control the superhero stuff. I mean, like yeah, but 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 Stephen figured out how to control it too. So like, that's what I thought was cool. I would agree with you if Stephen couldn't access it. If there was no way that he could access the superhero part, I would more be more inclined. But what I liked about this is he figured out how to do the superhero stuff without Mark, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I not great at. Saying, I don't know. I just I found no. it. I just found it like it was. I found it like in the first episode. It's like, oh my god, what's going on? There's another person inside me. What's going on? And by the second one, I'm like, okay, we should. I just I always feel like Marvel stuff moves stuff narratively forward pretty quickly, and so it just felt a little like they were spinning their wheels. Like I'm like, come on, man, let's. Uh, Let's get this going on. Like no, but my... I, I like the distrust between them. That's that's kind of the core of it. You need that. It is. Yeah, I guess so. And I like Oscar Isaac. I don't know. I just I just felt like it was it was the actor who's who's talented do, doing doing different characters. But I felt like he was playing the same beat, which is I don't trust you, and that's why I'm not going to let you power. And that's basically what we're doing for the next. Yeah, but then years. he also learned that he knows that if he gives up the power, he doesn't know how long. He's going to be stuck. I'm not saying he wouldn't. He has, be he has to get. I, I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm just as a viewer, I was a little like, "Come on, man, let's go. Let's 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 get this train moving." That's right, how I. Was. Tom, go ahead. It, it's kind of interesting. It's almost a twist on what they've done with uh, with the relationship between Banner and the Hulk, because whereas Banner and the Hulk are physically two different, entirely different entities, Stephen and Mark are different personalities of the same body, core right, human right, being. Right. True, 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 true. And and throw Khonshu in the mix. <laughs> Abraham. <laughs> and he does not seem trustworthy at all. No, he does oh. not at all. No, he does not. Oh. <laughs> My favorite part is still Ethan Hawke. I think Ethan Hawke is having having a ball being such a, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. a villain and everything. Yeah. Like he's great. Like I, I I when he's on screen, I'm totally on board. So I just I don't know I don't I don't love Moon Knight as much as other people seem to be I don't hate it or anything I'm just, I'm just kind of also I'm not really finding the big mystery of like you know the the scarab has to lead to the the goddess like that whole thing is it's not I mean I know it's really just the that's not really super important it's just their thing they need to get to but I'm I'm kind of like eh I don't know if that's that interesting to me. So I don't know. Well, I mean, well, that's to me, that's not that big of a focus. Like they show it twice, but but let's move on. We got to keep going. Um, I think it's great. So I'm really enjoying Moon Knight. Thumbs up for me. Loving it. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk uh, Abbott Elementary. We haven't talked about it since probably the premiere or something. So I wanted to check in. I've been keeping up with it this whole time. Um, and this the part of the reason I want to talk about it this week is we kind of did kind of a gut check for the principal she had to give her presentation mm-hmm. and show that their school needed the budget and why it was so important and she actually had to act like a mature adult for, <laughs> for for like a half an hour however long that meeting was um and she had to be responsible it was it was amazing she pulled it off uh what do you guys think of the show or how are you guys liking it so far i'm still loving the show um so I was surprised 
And I'm wondering if maybe Gregory is making a move. Oh, uh, to, to be principal? To be principal. Because that would be an interesting way to flip the dynamics for season two. Yeah. But then what? She'd be out of a job, though. She can't be a teacher. Uh, I, can you imagine her trying to teach kids? That would be terrifying. <laughs> um, but I thought this episode was fun because they play with some of the different power dynamics, especially the two veteran teachers. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, they were fighting. You know, basically, with them at odds for a lot of it because of ac accusations going back and forth and then finally Barbara realizing, I do need to kind of blackmail somebody to get what the school needs. Right. <laughs> so, but man, it's got a great cast. Um, and it's kind of an interesting, fun twist on your single cam, you know, docu-style comedy. Especially the fact that they're still acknowledging that the cameras are there blatantly. Right. Which, on a lot of the shows, they kind of give up on that premise. Well, that was the, the thing that was great. Because when she was going to blackmail the woman, she came out of the bathroom. And she reacted to the cameras uh -huh. before she <laughs> even saw her. Uh, so I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, yeah really... I, no, I really like Abbott Elementary. And I think that the principal is an interesting, like, she's kind of an interesting, um, foil. It's not a, well, no, no. Yeah. She's a great foil, but I was going to say she's, she's kind of an interesting, like, um, I don't want to say it's not a twist, but like she's Michael, like Scott, Michael, Michael Scott, well, Michael Scott in the office was a person who believed he was good at his job and wanted to be friends with his coworkers, even though he was very awkward and he really isn't that great at his job. This is interesting because she knows she's not good at it, her job. She only got the job because she was able to uh, blackmail the, the superintendent. superintendent. And so that's, it's kind of an interesting thing where you have another sort of clueless leader but it's in a different way. So I, I think that's that's really interesting. And she's fantastic. Oh, yeah. She's um, so funny. I do think, she's good. personally, I think last week's episode, I think the episode before was better. I do think the episodes work a little better with, even though the focus is the teachers, I, I always think we have a, we need a little with the students. And so last week, was it desking? Is that oh, the desking was fun. Yeah, yeah. That was great. I thought that was a stronger episode. But I agree with what you're saying that I like. I love her having to like basically, you know, do the work and like, and show why she should be good for this job and stuff. Um, and, and why the others want to rally around her. I thought that that was pretty effective. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I very much like the show. Um, it's one of, one of my favorites. All right. So thumbs up for that. We rarely talk comedy. So guys pay attention. All right. Next up, we're going to talk Star Trek Picard and this week's episode, they do the trick where they keep showing the future and you flash back. 35 minutes like uh i'm tired of that trope they Seriously. need to stop it and i didn't think this episode needed that well the thing that's interesting is uh from from listening to all the battlestar galactica podcasts a lot of times they do that when the episode's not working right way it was written so they do that to add tension I don't think it really added much to this episode. It, it didn't add any tension because, one, it's Picard. He's not going to die. So, <laughs> so it's like showing showing him laid out with blood coming out of his mouth at the beginning and then go 34 minutes earlier. I'm like, well, he's not going to die. So why are you guys acting like this is tense? So I just, yeah, that, I know they do that. and That's a, a trope that they do to try to make it more... Tense, but it's a dinner party, and we got to see the Borg Queen sing, or uh, Girardi sing, which, however you look at it. Uh, and wow, she's got some pipes. She was she good. Pipes. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not a fan of the Borg Girardi storyline, mainly because last season she was manipulated into being the bad guy, and this season she's manipulated into being the bad guy. And I was like, guys, come on, like. It's to the point where even if I know Girardi's a good person, I can't trust her because somebody's manipulating her to be a bad guy. And I, I don't like that. I don't like that repeated thing. True. Yeah. I love the board queen. She's great. Um, and did and I was like, did they solve the astronaut thing? Like, Picard got uh -huh. to talk to her 
and give her a cool speech. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. He didn't tell her that part, but he he gave her a little, a really cool speech. But I was like, is that speech enough to counter months of of psychology the Q's been doing to her? Like, I don't know if that felt like because they they said she was in quarantine, so she went into quarantine like she was supposed to. So technically speaking, they solved that bit. Um, and, uh, I like the sung thing where we find out that the girl is actually like a clone that he made or whatever. That's pretty cool though. I guess I feel like I should have known that. I feel like she didn't, she didn't know. She didn't know, but I feel like I should have known that. I was like, Oh, that, cause I was like, wait, is she an Android? Like, and then you're like, Oh, oh yeah, that makes sense. Cause he's a mad scientist. He's a hundred percent a mad scientist. Well, he's like the first of the crazy songs. Yeah. So that that was pretty cool. Uh, anything else you want to add, Tom? No, it was um, we briefly got to see the doctor that they met at the uh, at the, you know, the free clinic. All oh, right. Because she got to patch up a card. Yeah. And she's still mad at uh, what's his face at uh, Chris, Chris Rios. Rios. I didn't care about that at all. Because it's like, he has a love interest. He really likes her. I'm like, they're like, yeah, no, that's not happening, dude. You can't you can't sleep with somebody from several hundred years of the past. That is literally how you end up with your as your own grandfather. Like, yeah, <laughs> no. Um, I'm just, I feel like that, I don't know where they're trying to go with that story. That doesn't seem interesting. They're mm. not spending a lot of time with it, but mm, no. Um, I want to see some more seven and, um, seven and, and, um, oh, geez. <sighs> I know you're talking about. Yeah. Cause, yeah. It's cause she's obviously got, got a hardcore crush and seven has no idea. And I'm like, come on, say something. How about now? Say something now. Do a thing. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just like, ah. I hate that they let me know about this. So, cause now she just is longingly looking at seven and, uh, and I like their banter when they're just bantering. Oh, yeah. So that's when I'm like, yes, let's do this, but more. Um, so I'm shipping them pretty hard. Hopefully they do not disappoint me. Fingers crossed. Uh, so eh, we'll see how this goes. All right. Uh, moving on next up, we're going to talk about, the season finale, not series finale, but season finale of Severance. And they're planning several more. Well, yeah, the setup is I, fantastic. I, I read an interview with the uh, with the showrunners, and he basically said, you know, they have enough, he has enough storylines, plural, to ke- keep them going for several seasons. So, yay. Yeah, this is, this was a really good, though it felt weird, it felt like, Last week's episode and this week's episode needed to be one episode. Like it, it was weird to come in in the middle of this episode. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing about streaming, though. It's you know the rules of network television don't apply. It's like we're going to do what we're going to do. Yeah, but it just felt weird. That's all. Stop in the middle of the storyline and restart the following week. I will say, uh, I read an article with Dan Dan Erickson. Is that his name? I think so. I read uh, Polygon's interview with him, and it's weird. It it frustrates me, although it gives me hope about how good season two will be. But apparently, when they were in the writers' room, um, that wouldn't that was not supposed to be the last episode. You were actually supposed to see what happens next. And Ben Stiller, who directed a number of the episodes approach Dan was like you know he's like it's way stronger if you end season season one with the snap you know with that they're gonna have to like come back and so technically he already basically has the first few episodes because he basically had planned that to be stuff we would have seen so on the one hand I'm like well I really wanted (laughs) I would have liked to have seen that but I understand narratively. Yeah, I get it. I get that's a really good cliffhanger. Well, the cliffhanger is great. Like, I it don't is. have a problem with the cliffhanger. To, yeah. to tell me that maybe there's a script that he already wrote that I could just read. I'm like, wait, sorry. <laughs> so he already knows what this is? Like, so. Um, but I, yeah, I loved it. I uh, I thought this whole season was, like, I, I've been saying it's my favorite show of the year so far. So 
Um, I just, I don't know what my, the only thing I would say, I'll let you guys talk is I think the first season did a terrific job with this branch of Lumen and these, the four specific characters. I thought that was all terrific. I do what I do think maybe what we need to do in the second season is we need to delve more into, and I'm, I'm so, I'm so bad with names, but we need to know more into Patricia Arquette's character, who this right is now Co- this is Co- she just seems like a cult-like person. Yeah, she doesn't then, have a lot of texture, yeah. Right, she doesn't have a lot of... I mean, she, the actress is good, but there's not a lot there. And then her second-in-command, the... Elchick. He's, again, that actor's great, but... Hey, we know nothing about him. It's like, I want to see more about, like, it's clear that they clearly just see... they They don't see the innies as human at all and that's why they can be so cold but i i guess i just want to see more of who these people are so i don't just naturally hate them every time i i want to i want to feel a more of a push pull does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah i'd I love to, to know that's the only real criticism of the show i well but, i mean when we see patricia or characters i think it's great we see Patricia Arquette at home, so we do get a little more about her, but we yeah, don't but see. She's but she's not. But she's not severed. So Solvig right. is Cobell, right? <laughs> and uh, has act. I mean, that's the thing. And poor, poor Mark makes a crucial slip up <laughs> in his conversation with her at the party at the book release. Party. Yeah. So, so she figures it out. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> I mean, he was t- his slip up was. He's hugging her and he tenses. I mean, if you woke up hugging your boss, I'm sure you'd tense yeah. up as well. So, well, no, but but when he calls her by the wrong name, oh right, when he says, um, and in fact, in the interview I read from Variety, somebody asked about that. Yep, that was bad. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I want to give a shout out to our to Allison who couldn't be with us today, but she totally caught it with Helly. Oh with right, Wait, what yeah. did she call? Yeah, she did. Yeah, totally she called it. Yeah, she said that Heliar would be one of the descendants of of somebody in the company. Of Kier. Of Kier, right. And Well, she... we knew that Heli we knew that the Heli the Audi Heli was kind of a jerk. We've always Yeah, we that. did, but she we called did. exactly what she was. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Totally. And to find out that she is they they switched the last name, but it's Helena. <laughs> And she's getting ready to. It sounds like they're doing some kind of conspiracy to get everybody in the world, except for the people they want to be in control, severed. Right. So they can control them. I mean, that I'm just taking a guess. You know, evil, evil mad scientist plot. The the thing about the woman that was pregnant, like the oh, yeah, what the what they're trying to show is that uh, if you're rich or whatever, you don't have to go through your actual labor. You can put it on your any any could do the labor and do all the uncomfortable stuff that has to do, you know, anything uncomfortable with your body that you don't want to deal with, you have your any do it. And so you can switch it to your any anytime you want. And that's how you, that anything unpleasant, you have your any have to deal with it. And that's just insane. Like, yeah. So, so, (laughs) jeez. I send my any to all my meetings I don't want to go to. Exactly. Exactly. That's pretty much what they do. And it's like oh. anything that's unpleasant, you send your any to go do it. And that's why when, when um the sister was having the conversation, she's like, Oh, what do you want to yep. name your son? And and she was like, I want to name him William or something. And then when she re- runs into him, it's like we named him Ichabob or something crazy. crazy. She's, and she was like, Didn't you say you were gonna name him? And she's like, I have no idea who you are. Like all of that is very disturbing. It's very disturbing. So, I think it's really interesting how many shows right now are dealing with the concept of memory and either stolen memories, implanted memories, or these separated memories. I mean, it's like a thing. I mean, it's, it, it makes you think. So I think that's pretty cool. And that's kind of the concept of why we're watching, why good television makes you think. So... Uh, good on them. So I really think Severance, I agree with Peter. Severance it's is probably in my top couple of shows of the year already. My show of the year so yeah. far. Um, so far. We got to remember what? that at the end of the year, guys, because we're totally going to forget by the time we get to the end of the uh, year, we're going to be like, what was my favorite show? <laughs> what do you think, what do you think, uh, Irv is doing some serious investigating? Oh, right. It's Audi. 
yeah. Audi Irv is doing some serious investigating. Yeah, he's got a list of all the people who are severed. He's got maps of their locations. I feel like he got severed to investigate. Oh, I that feel could like be. that's why he did it. <clears throat> that's my thought. Um, I don't know how he thinks he's going to get access to his severed memories. Uh, but I want to know what's going to happen. Irving just finds himself knocking on the door of what's that dude? Bert. Bert's Bert. door. Bert. And then he's, he got turned off. So I was like, uh, I don't know what that's going to be. Um, but yeah, it's good. Hopefully he wrote a note. Maybe you'll have a note in his pocket. Another interesting thing that came up in the interview is the episode pretty much takes place in real time. Because we know that Dylan is only going to be able to hold that. Yeah, he's he holding the buttons. Yeah. He's going to only hold it for about an hour. Right. <laughs> and might have been able to do it a little bit longer if Melchick hadn't interrupted. And he tackled him to the ground. <laughs> that was because uh, I was like, I was like, he's a big boy, but Melchick's a big dude. So I was like, yeah, oh, Mel- yeah. And, and Melchick's in shape. I yeah, mean, it's it all like muscle. The tackle. Um, the, the moment when Mark talks to, <laughs> talks to Rickon. Good old Rick and our favorite idiot at the party. Right. But because any Mark has been so affected by Rickon's writing. Right. And the fact that he he knows it's his brother-in-law, but still is calling him Mr. And yeah, yeah. You know, not masking, you know, not showing familiarity to him. But when Rickon's caught off guard, it's like, are you joking? It's like, no, I read it and it really touched me. It's changed my life. And just the look on the, the, the actor who played Rickon's face was great. Yeah. Um, and then I'm he's not... going to find out that's not really Mark. <laughs> well, it is Mark. It's just not his Mark. Right. I do like that Devin does know everything now. Right. Yeah. That, you know, before. What man, uh, Lumen's got some splitting to do to a lot of people. Well, <laughs> yeah, I I really and... thought they were going to cut off before Heliar got to do her speech. I thought she was going to get flipped off. She'd be on stage and it was like, oh, I have something works. to say. And then I thought it was going to be cut out. Nope, she got to say the whole thing. And I was like, yep. whoa. Brilliant. Yeah, that was great. All right. So, obviously, we're saying thumbs up. If oh, you yeah. have not watched Severance, please go watch Severance. You can binge uh, all of season one now. Yes, yes. All right. And if you guys have any questions or comments, you can send them to tvcampfire.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook, sci-fi.radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye.